Hello and welcome to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And this is today's news. <laughs> today's news. <laughs> Are we reading from the teleprompter this time? <laughs> you know not to put question marks on the teleprompter. The teleprompter. <laughs> well, look, today we're covering GWS and there is a lot to get through. A lot of uh, Supercoach relevant players. Greater and Western Sydney, the uh, the one of the AFL births that uh, wasn't an abortion, which is always good. Yes, the, the they call them the baby giant <laughs> yeah. um, below Sydney Swans. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, talented and young players at GWS. Uh, more importantly is Josh Kelly. Who would have seen that one coming, Chris? Wow. Um, well, to be completely honest, I did like him as a breakout last year. Um, I didn't get on because I didn't back myself and I really kicked myself for not getting on that train. He went fairly early in our draft as well. Um, I think it was Brad that jumped on. He was really, really keen on Kelly early on. And, I mean, he's, the guy's got talent yep. like you wouldn't believe. He's, he's silky smooth skills. So the, well, this this guy that we speak of in our league, uh, draft league, that is, he, he actually also got Tom Mitchell and Kelly. And Cripps. And Cripps and Gorn. Yeah, so it's uh, and he got knocked out <laughs> yeah, by me. But I mean, yeah, don't want to relive that one, do you, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the gone the gone wagon number three pick or whatever it was. Yeah, so look, unlucky. that's that's the risky element of picking a ruckman early in draft is that they get injured more than any other position yeah. in the league. So, but look, I'm I am very very upbeat on Kelly. He's currently in my starting side, and I think with good reason. He's only 22 years old. And he has so much upside still to give, in my opinion. Well, he's in, he increased his average by 27.2 this year. So, I mean, he's launching himself straight into that uh, elite mid-category. Again, he's young. He had 1,600 scores. Uh, and that includes that, not including his three tons in the final series. Yep. And uh, he also had a really high ceiling too. Hit a 176. He also hit a 147. But he has a, a low score of 88. Yeah. A so low score of 88. I couldn't couldn't believe how good he scored in his off games last year and, and not, gws are a side that can still get better as well which is just phenomenal when you look at it if you look back at his stats four of his 90s came inside the first six rounds yep so you take that aside he's turning 23 soon um but he had some very impressive scores as you said a 176 a 147 a 144 134 132 in his history his ceiling's right up there his consistency's right up there he can play inside or outside mid. And he's valued because of those 90s as well, because he's only priced at 114. Yeah. So he's, he's an all-around beast. Unreal. Yeah. So he finished the year very strongly. He averaged 119 from his last 15 games, mm-hmm. which puts him right up in that Tom Mitchell sort of category and the Dusty Martins. Uh, but even more importantly, his final four rounds, he averaged 127.25. And again, that's not including finals. So yeah. his average, he... He gets on the park, he does it well, and he's definitely someone that you can rely on to score. I've got him at pegged as a future Brownlow medalist. I think he's that good of a player. He reminds me of uh, Chris Judd, but more of an accumulator. You know, he can get the pill quite often. Um, and he's just got pace. Like He just bursts away from packs into the forward line, pinpoint accuracy. It's just, yep. honestly, if you don't watch any Greater Western Sydney games, just watch it purely for Josh Kelly, Coniglio, and Shield when they're on. Oh, so they're just good to watch. So here's the reason I'm actually starting him in standard. Uh, they have a very favourable draw. So they have a round 13 buy, which is not, not bad at all. It's definitely not that 14 buy. That's horrid. Um, but they only verse 
basically one of the, the top six teams in the first 10 rounds. Mm-hmm. So I've mentioned this in t- on the Twitter. Uh, so, I mean, they do verse West Coast and Essendon, but they're at home and they do have an advantage, and they were kind of, what, seventh and eighth. Um, but you, to put that aside, they also have very good games around the bye. So when you're trying to get an edge on your opponent or particularly even in draft yeah. or in standard uh, in the leagues, they verse the Lions and the Suns either side of their bye. So for the rounds that you're going to be short in numbers – I mean, I'd put him down for big games in those, and I think he could yeah. really help you uh, win those games. I think GWS players this year are important to having your team. Um, I actually have, I think, four currently. Um, and I'm, actually, no, I like five. Um, so uh, they're going to score well. Um, they're in a good team. I think they're only going to get better. I'd be tipping them to go first or second this year. I, I think that they've got range to go both. Um, the only obviously problem with their list is Nathan, we- uh, sorry, uh, Williams going down really, really hurts their list structure. Um, but it does open up their, a spot there for a rookie, which I'm hoping uh, Isaac Cumming comes along as well. But we'll talk about him a little bit later into the podcast. Yep. So the next guy we'll cover in the guns category is Callan Ward. Uh, he's 548k. Um, it's good, good price point for a ward. <laughs> not bad. Um, so look, he started very slowly in 2017. Uh, pretty much giving grief to anyone that selected him. So he only averaged 87.6 in his first 11 games, mm-hmm. which is absolutely horrid. And he, you could have picked him up dirt cheap. Like, I'm not sure what price, but he would have been cheap. Well, the problem with that is that he was looking so bad, and I actually had a chance to get him, and I just thought, well, there's no point if he's going to keep going like this. Yep. I, I just didn't actually see him coming back up. I thought he was getting pushed out of the midfield by the ridiculous amount of young guns that they've got in their squad. I mean, they've not only got those top three, they've got Taranto coming through as well. Um, you know, they've just got jets all over the park, and it's impossible to think that someone um, like Ward could get pit, uh, pit, pushed out of that squad, but I think that eventually he will. Yeah. I think and he's done it for time. years, though. He will start the season horribly, and then he will finish strong. Or a couple of years ago, I think he started strong, and everyone jumped on, and then away he went. Um, but look, he finished so strongly, so this is where he would have been. He would have been a great pickup at that price. So for anyone that did, kudos to you. He averaged 111.8 in his final 11 mm. rounds. So in his final 11, he posted eight tons, including four scores of 110 plus and three over 130 plus. That's classic Ward, really. Classic Ward. He yeah. goes on a good run when he does. It's like he does J- go on runs. It's he kind goes of like on, a JPK fashion. Yeah. You know, JPK starts slow and then finishes strong. It's yep. kind of like that. Mark. He just goes on runs where games after game he'll dominate, and then you're versing him in draft or standard, and you go, "Oh, I got this," and then he just runs over the top of you. Um, yep. Frustrating so to play against, and is probably frustrating to have as well as a player. So he'll be good value in uh, draft, I believe. So he's only that sort of what ninety eight yeah. average or do you something. Think, I mean, do you think as a as a pod he's got av- he's got viability in standard or? Um, I, I think he does, but I wouldn't be picking him. I'd wait to see if he starts off a bit slow again. I wouldn't really go straight out of the bat for him. Do you I think, think where he averages is where he's going to, like, 100, well, or you maybe think he's going to 100, 105, maybe, but I think uh, Canelio is a better price point, and I think uh, Kelly is definitely the way to go and this year. you can't go three. Yeah, so, I mean, what did he average? 99.7 for the year, so his yeah. back end was really good. But his front end, I mean, like I said, 80, 87 average. I mean, that's just yeah. horrible numbers. I mean, if you're picking mids... At this point, for standard, for GWS, you're kind of overlooking Ward, aren't you? Yep. Yeah. I 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, next person we'll cover is Dylan Scheel. Oh. Um, this man, like, I don't know if anyone saw the, the coverage of his, was it the hamstring curl he was doing a couple <laughs> of years ago? Really impressive. He's a very fit man. Yeah, I, I think you just like the look of some players. 
They put the, the videos up, and I, I usually do a lot more media searching than I should, but, <laughs> I mean, Jack Viney doing 140 kilo oh, rack squats. I yeah, mean, it's impressive sure. stuff, some of these guys. I think we've, you've talked more about players doing lap pull-downs and squats than you talk about super I work squats. out. I like to watch people working out. <laughs> Sue me. It's, so it's, it's honest, guys. <laughs> so Dylan Shield, 537K, uh, very consistent scorer. However, he's just been hovering around the 100 average mark for me. Uh, he had further surgery on his shoulder, but hasn't really restricted his running in the offseason, which is good at least for that aspect. Yeah. Uh, but he's got paper-thin shoulders. Like, he just... You know, you see how much they tape him up. I mean, he's pretty much walking around like a transformer. Yeah, but, I mean, look, there are players that have had shoulder issues in the past, and they came back to still perform really well. A la Judd, you know, came back and won a Brownlow when he really should nerve against Dane Swan, but let's be honest there. Um, and uh, the, the, the important stat about Dylan Shields, not necessarily that he scores 100 points per game on average, is that he only spends 71.9% time on ground, which is insane for a mid of his talent. It's low. It's really low. Um, so, I mean, most mids uh, up around... Like 77, even like 75 you think's low, yeah. but 71's like dirt low. Like it's so yeah, 80... Uh, like, I mean, you're looking... 77 to sort of 80-odd, 82 is about standard. You yeah. want them to be around there. The ones that play mid-forward. So that's why I'm not too worried when they're like, oh, you know, Danger's going to play mid-forward. It's like, well, he plays 88% time on ground. And yeah. that's up from like 80. So he'll rest forward and still get some points. Nat 5 will do the same. Goal, yeah. So, so And Dustin Munn, they get up, instead of being 80% time on ground, they spend like 88% time on ground. And then, you know, people worry that, oh, they're going forward a lot yeah. more. But they're spending more time on ground, so they're there to get more points for longer. I don't think you can pick Shield until it's evident that he can play at 80%. Yep. And that's that's a problem because if he did, he'd average 110 plus. And his problem is he only got 100 in nine of his 22 games. Yeah. For a guy that averaged 97, yeah. you know, like... So you, still you that think, means he's consistent. Yeah, well, what one out of every... Two and a half games, he'll get 100. Yeah, not for, <laughs> not for me. I do like the way he plays, but he just seems to go missing, and then he breaks out and has this great run and does all these things. I'm like, great, where was that? Like, you know, well, I'm really hoping that this year is the year that he actually gets that time on ground, and, and for that reason, I'm going to try and target him in draft. Yeah, I he's a good that, buy for draft, I Yeah, think. because he's, he's one of those guys that can break out to that 110-plus category that is only really restricted by his ability to run out games. So if he can – and Tank is something you can develop – it's not his skill set. It's 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 not his ability. I mean, he's got a great turn. His core strength is ridiculous. His skills are fantastic. Um, reads the play like it's going out of fashion, and he can kick goals as well. I really like him as a player. I just want to see him just get that extra time on ground. Yeah, and I think the plus side is you know what you're buying. So he's been, over the last three years, about that 100 average, just under, just over. So I think at least you know what you're getting from him. Yeah, he's not going to go down, definitely not. No. He's only got to go up from here. Okay, so the next person, as far as going down in price, Canelio. Oh. Um, so I was lucky enough to be down in Bronte in New South Wales over the Christmas period. Um, just after New Year's, I saw Canelio and Heath Shaw at the mm. beach. Good old Bronte Beach, so it's a quiet sort of spot. It's not like they were down at um, bon- Bondi. Bondi. Yep. Um, so they're with their rigs out, looking very fit just before they ran. I think Canelio came fifth in the preseason time trial, so mm-hmm. he looked. they looked very fit. Uh, so I said hello and wished them luck. I mean, they probably thought I was a, a fan of GWS, you know. But look, I, I appreciate all footy. So it's I thought, probably the first time they've ever been recognised in Sydney. So here's why I think they're going to do well, because I wished them luck. Oh, okay. 
I said, good luck. You? Well, they had a bad year, both of them. One with injury, if, one with form. Do you know that if they really spun it up this year, it's all your fault now? No. no. I, I literally, I said <laughs> I said to them, I said, guys, uh, best of luck on the on the year ahead. And they said, thank you very much. We appreciate it. And I thought, you know what? I think, and then after. If they don't win the premiership, it's your fault. After Zach I'm Williams saying. went down, I was like, oh, my God, I've just blessed his season. He oh. is the general, which we'll get into heat ashore in a second. But Cornelio, he's fit. He's cheap. I mean, he's 452K. And the thing that I can't understand, and this is the thing that um, it's really toying with my mind at the moment with my team selection, 452K, people are putting in these, you know, that's like Petrarca price, except, you know, Cornelio's actually averaged 105 before, yeah. and Petrarca's averaged before. like 80. So and, and Petrarca's all speculation, whereas Cornelio was He will be affected. in the midfield. Yeah. So it's like, well, look, do you put a mid-pricer in your midfield, or do you try and go with a mid-price option yeah. in your forward line? And I'm starting to think maybe I might just go midfield. Not to mention his back half of last year was absolutely insane, Canigo. So he definitely came into his four in the back end. Um, what I'd also say about Canigo is he is the perfect stepping stone to a danger if you're not picking him. So Well, we I'm not, I'm not like Chris. I'm not stupid <laughs> enough to uh, play that risk game. We talked about this in um, in the Geelong podcast, but um, yeah, someone like a Caniglio who could get to that 550, 600K barrier, and make a very easy stepping stone to a danger yep. very quickly too. I, I, I picture Canigo with his early run. He'll be able to earn you that cash by round six. Especially those easy draws. He should jump in price and yep. you're hoping that danger will drop in price. Oh, look, um, yeah, obviously you're hoping. It's all speculation at this point, but because you just don't know in the uncertainty, yep. I'm pretty certain that Canigo will at least raise in price at least to 550 over the early rounds. Yep. And um, the thing is, you've got to make your choice and just go with it, I think. Re- yeah. Regardless, one way or the other, you've got to pick your structure, you've got to pick your team, and just go with it. Don't go halfway in, just yep. go for it. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. It doesn't matter. There's always a, you know, you can always cl- you know, claw your way back but or make some correction you know, yep. changes. But I've, yeah, actually make managed, I've actually managed in my team uh, the flexibility. I mean, uh, it's going to change between here and, and obviously um, the start of the season. But um, I actually was able to drop a defender, which was uh, Brandon Ellis. Um, to a rookie, um, Cam O'Shea, and put uh, uh, Davies Uniaki, I think that's how you pronounce his name, um, right to Coniglio. So I'm losing the advantage of having someone like a Uniaki, uh, but gaining uh, the scoring power of Coniglio early and enabling me to have seven premiums in midfield and also the opportunity to pick up danger fairly early. So I think that um, that... that uh, balance between point scoring versus cash generation is really good with the Coniglio. So when you mention these things, you should probably mention, hi, I'm Chris, and I've scored uh, 400 uh, <laughs> positioning before. So when you say these like ludicrous things that kind of seem risky, which they are, but they could very well pay off. So yeah. I do like your insight for that well, one. To be, like, you know, especially overall scoring, it's, it's all about how quickly you can get your, your team to a maximum potential. Um, the quicker that you can get your primos filled out, the more scoring power you're going to have for the remainder of the season, and that's how you, you know, get to the top hundred and, and potentially win. Um, so it is that's definitely risk reward. I mean, I've seen guys literally run out of trades in round fifteen and still make top hundred. So that's just luck that they didn't get any injuries later in that season. But um, that it's it's all about risk reward for the um, for overall definitely. Yep. So you were near the hundred and then you risked the biscuit. I did. I, and went I, down to four hundred. I um I was top hundred. I was actually about sixty six, I think, or sixty seven. Um, and I traded for PODs to try and get up because at that point, most people in the top hundred have almost identical squads. They're all the people that um, that selected the right rookie, that selected the right mid prices, got lucky, and then they they're all pretty much around the same. So the only way you're ever going to gain on squads at that point is by selecting PODs and hoping that they take you above 
the and other. They did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I went the opposite one. And now you missed the four hundred. So oh, well. look, um, let's get back on to a nicer ring to it, right? Canelio, yeah. <laughs> um, you know the promising signs where he did get one hundred and twenty-six and one hundred and thirty-two in the Giants' final series, and they obviously do not count to his average or price for twenty seventeen. Yep. So it's promising, I think. Um, not to mention he's been in the system a little bit longer. He was the tagger, but now you got younger guys. I, I find generally younger guys with a tank could probably do that role. Yep. So they might let Canelio go free and then kind of put maybe uh, like a hopper and go hopper. This is your role, contested beast. You need to tackle. You need to be that accountable role. Yep. And then let Canelio run free and play what he wants to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've got so many outside players as well. I think the mix uh, through their midfield, wings, forwards, uh, and half-forward line is really good. I mean, you go to someone like a Lockie Whitfield on the outside with pace to burn and can boot the ball long. Um, you've got Taranto, who's uh, really skillful as well, coming into his own. Um, I just think that uh, out of all the teams in the comp, they have the most balanced and, and well-rounded list by far. Um, yeah, I don't know about you, how you feel about that, but I'll be surprised if they don't make the granny this year. Uh, I put them around the same mark. Uh, they need to win games uh, when it counts first. So for me, they sit in that top four, and hopefully they can win some games and not um, play a very dominant Richmond at the MCG. <laughs> that's Which true. Is, that's, that's, <laughs> it's like um, what's, you know, the very so dominant, like the biggest crowd, and the, here you are, like Goliath, just like... Yeah, with your little it must, be, it must be tough when they when they play in front of 8,000 people every week and then go on the G in front of 100,000 Richmond supporters. Yep. Oh, it'd, be, it'd be intimidating, that's for sure. Yes, indeed. All right. Uh, all right, well, let's get into Mr. Toby Tobitson, Toby Green. <laughs> well, the guy that gets suspended more than he hits tons, is that the guy? That's <laughs> <laughs> the guy that uh, breaks his toe at a nightclub overseas or whatever he did. Yeah, you put your right foot in, you put your left foot out. He's the one guy that, w- that suffers from being in such a dominant midfield group. He was actually in the juniors. He was just an accumulator. Uh, he would just rack up, you know, 30, 40 plus possessions all the time. Um, and he just doesn't have the uh, the skills that the other guys have in the team. So he's not going to be selected ahead of you know, Kelly Coniglio, Shield, Ward, um, any of those top guys to play mid time. Um, but I think that if he was to ever go to another team, he would play pure midfield. And I think he would play pure midfield. Jet. Yeah. So the thing that's the thing that's striking on my mind. I'm actually wondering which toe he broke. Uh, and and no, no, hear me out. Oh, is this a pun? No, it's not a pun. Is, is, are you it's not a pun. <laughs> it sounds. I like am a pun. actually interested in which toe he broke because maybe he weakened it on Dalhouse's face. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's a bit of karma, or maybe Honestly, it was a bit weakened. That karate kick. I th- I was like, play on. Honestly, I. <laughs> Who but, cares? Like, why Why does he get... Did He got a week for is that, Is it karma or did he... Or he, did he, he got he, off. Uh, he got off. Oh, dude. Uh, that was, fine, I, I believe. believe. I couldn't believe I was even sided. Like, I understand... Misconduct? It wasn't, it wasn't like he was intentionally trying to kick him in the face. All he was trying to do was create space so he can get a handball off. Yeah, create space around someone's face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's Move not his face. fault that Dalhouse is, like, five foot nothing. How tall is Dalhouse? He's, he's, and uh, he was, like, crouching into his leg. I, like. heard, I heard he did uh, try and get a roll on Lord of the Rings. Um, and he <laughs> so, was close. He yes. was close, you know. He's a... He's a little bit of a hobbit. Um, that makes sense. But look, I think I think the one area where Toby will benefit is the no carryover points for the MRP. Excellent. That will be very big, I think, because if he does get in trouble, there won't be of this, oh, you, you've got a bad record, so now we'll just upgrade it a week. So that will benefit him. I think he's going to mature. I think he... Well, maybe it's just wishful thinking, right? But I think he had a bad year last year with some misdemeanors and this, that, and the other. He kind of didn't know how to play. Yeah. He couldn't go balls out and really just go for it, you know, like he wanted to. So I think this could be his year. 
Um, I think he it's, could really have a good output. Well, it's surprising, like everyone's saying, it's he's a serial pest and everything. And look, yeah, yeah, like a your Hayden Ballantyne or you know, like a Stephen Milne, you know, those little small forwards. They are always the best, by the way. Those guys are the guys that get you goals when you need them the most. Um, but I mean, last year was the only year he really did that. He only he missed six games, um, largely through suspension. And the year before he played twenty one. The year before he played twenty two. So I don't know where he's got this sort of stigma about you know always getting suspended. It's really only last year, and I understand why. Um, but yes, it's not. It's um, surprising that you know, no one's really selecting him, or even in, in the thoughts of selecting him. Oh, this that, year. that punch to the face, though! <laughs> oh, just straight up, straight up, <laughs> just straight up, got him. Oh, um, but look, he averaged ninety six point one from a guy that averages that well as a forward. You think, yeah, you know, he must have he must have had some really good games. So out of his fifteen games, though, he only scored five hundreds. Yeah. So if you're picking him in your forward line, he's going to score you 100, maybe one out of every three games. So chances are he's actually going to drop in price. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate oh, to yeah. say it, but I mean, they do have a good up. run at the start. Um, five from 15. So um, that being said, he has a very good bottom end. Um, so he, I think 70 might have been his lowest score. Yeah. So he has a good bottom end, but he doesn't go too high that often. Hopefully this is his year. 2016, he did get 10, uh, 10 hundreds which is a lot better than the five that he had in the 15. So I'm which hoping this could be his year. he only averaged 90 that year, but he had a really bad season. start of the season. So, um, yeah, really picked up towards the tail. I think he was averaging 60 or something in the start yeah. of the and season. And he uh, does have a good ceiling, a 138, a 127, etc. in 2017. So, yep. look, I, I am on the uh, the Toby wagon. Yes Would and no. Would you pick him up as, as your first or second forward in draft? I'd be keen to. I'm not that worried that he missed some games, particularly in draft. I'd be more worried about the games in standard just because then you're kind of left, you know, um, with someone on your bench. But, look, I think he he could very well be someone that is very dominant. He's already in the top handful of forwards anyway. I don't see him getting worse. So you think uh, finishing the year top six forwards? Yeah, I think he'll be top six forwards. Playing 20 to 22 games? I'm, I'm hoping 20 yep. to 22. Yeah, I think he's definitely got it. I think uh, um, my, my issue so far is that he, he is progressing slowly from that injury. Um, so he is in the injury ward at the moment, the hospital ward. So he they said he's progressing sort of slower. Toe, he hurt his oh. toe. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's what the Toby, that's the Toby. Oh. It pays to pay attention. Sorry, I was waiting for the pun earlier. So that's why he's on my caution list at the moment because he hasn't been running. He's running um, once a week at the moment and he's progressing. It's tough because, yeah. yeah, that's a slow burner coming back because you just don't hit the fitness. So. Well, that actually kind of rules him out for me. Yeah, so he's, he's I think he's running once a week at the moment and he's progressing slower than they would have liked. So I, I don't know where he sits at the moment. I'm just keeping an eye out. But, you know, I'm Even hoping... if he does come back, maybe drop scores early. He might drop scores early, yeah. And then you can pick him up as a maybe a first upgrade I target. think it probably rules him out of the midfield early on anyway, like yeah, for larger definitely. stints. So for me, I do like him, but that toe sort of issue causes me concern. Uh, and the next man, Heater Shaw. Locke. He's only owned by like 7% of I don't sides. get it. Well, I, I, I do. He's old. You know, he's he doesn't have the legs he's he He's not even did. that old. <laughs> but look at how many guys were old and have gone over 100. Like Boyd, uh, uh, Simpson, Simpson, like they went yeah. massive, like 106 average. And there's no one really there at the moment that's gone that large. Yeah, and look, he, I get it. Young he's is one better, of the best, pro- like in terms of defending the defenders and repeat scores in the defensive area for Supercoach, he is one of the best history historically. Yeah, and so, I'm, I'm the first to tell you I picked Heater as my primo last year, and I he think burned everyone, me. He must have been in 60% of sides last year. He burnt me. So I feel your pain. If you're listening to this going, oh, Heater, just seething at the teeth, just I feel you, all right? He burnt me. But you can't let emotion rule this game. And if I did, then I would never pick Elliot Yo ever again, which I'm still tossing at the, the thought of that. But 
Look, he wasn't really in consideration for me until Zach Williams went down with injury. Um, I've said it on Twitter before. I think it really opens the door. So I think Williams is out. Uh, I think uh, Wilson, good old Wilson, yes, he's out. So <laughs> like, even if they're going to bring these young guys in, I think... They're going to need someone to control them and tell them where to go, position them around the park, and he's going to be the guy that they want to kick to because they want to impress him. Yeah, and he's a Collingwood fan, right? So he's thick-headed. He doesn't, he, he's going to be real stubborn, I reckon. He, He'll just he yell is, at them until he gets the ball. Well, he, he will feel, right? <laughs> well, now look at the back line. He will be the general. Yes. He will be stubborn enough to go, I had a bad year, and I reckon he'll light a bit of a firecracker right up his backside. incredibly surprised if he doesn't average 95 to 100. Like, And so a guy priced at that, he was going to probably hit top six defenders. Well, this is the first time he's averaged below 90 since his debut season. Yeah, so if we go That's back crazy. to 2006, guys, um, so he averaged 100, he then 106, 91, 94 in a premier. Just had to drop that in, guys, in case you're one. 2010, great year. Um, 90, 100, 101, 96, 92, 112, 106. That, the runs are on the board. To say that he's not going to hit a decent average this year is just is just wrong. I, I don't get it. Yeah. So he's so proving himself to me. That's what happens, and that's why people will end at 40,000 in the overall rankings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So, you know, but look, 7% of people with uh, he's sure good on you, but the rest of you, you're missing out. Uh, I understand, you know, look, there might be um, like Delidio or Griffin going back there, but, you know, there's, I don't it's, still, it's still not. I've never had experience. Oh, Delidio's played in the back half. And Griffin, he said he's willing to play wherever the team wants him to play. Of course play. he is, because he's otherwise not going to get a run. <laughs> he won't park. get it. Yeah, he won't get <laughs> He's not going to get a run. <laughs> but he's a good ball user. So, look, I think, but I think either way, even if they do bring some experience to the back line, I think it's going to be Heater's defense. Yeah. And he's the general, and he will be commanding that ball like no one He knows business. their systems better than everyone else as well, and he probably designs And he's been on the park for longer than uh, Griffin and um, he's re- Delidio He's combined. reliable for games. The last three seasons, he's played every single game. And this is a guy that's been 29, 30, 31, 32. Look, lock him in. If he doesn't average, average over 92, I'll buy you a Coke, all right? Oh, wow, big spender. <laughs> He's just—he was actually going to go with a beer, but then went, oh, well, that might be too expensive and be outside well, the budget. I'm not shipping stuff over to the states, <laughs> over I to Spain. Give the listeners what they want; they want beer. <laughs> Speaking of which, if you do want to shout out and um, donate some beer, we are more than happy to <laughs> oblige. We, we might be getting on the red coin bandwagon soon. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Look, I think he's very consistent. He had uh, 300s this year, even though it was his off year. Uh, so people saying he had a bad year, but he had 300s, 10 scores in the 80s and the 90s. And you know, what look, else do you want? But he only, like, had, he only had three games below 70. And it's going to be your games. D3 or your D4. Like lock him in, guys. Yep. There's too much value. Worst case scenario, you just upgrade him like any other mid pricer that goes wrong. Yeah. And except I don't feel like he's at a he's at a price where you can't really go wrong with him because you either downgrade or upgrade him. It's not going to cost much to upgrade him to someone else. And again, they have an easy start to the year. Yeah. He'll hit a two hundred two in his second. But when I think it was twenty sixteen, he had two hundred and something. He did two hundred score, right? Yep. Forty something kicks. Two hundred. Oh. I think Stuart had him as a VC in our draft. Um, look, with the easy start to the year, the reason I keep mentioning this is for a Kelly or for a Shaw. If they go big and they have a big game, their price is going to inflate so much that you're people not gonna aren't. Be able to get you're not going to be able to get them. Yeah. All right. So particularly with Kelly, if he goes big and starts averaging one thirty odd in the start, his price will go up way too high, and then by the time it comes back down, it'll be too late. You've sort of already run away with those points. It'll be too late. Yeah, and uh, you've got to maximise the points early in the season. That's how you really keep up with the top group. 
if you're always chasing tail, they're already ahead of you and they're already already making more cash. So getting on board with the guys that are going to peak early is very important for overall score. Yep. So those that um, are kind of relevant, not really, I think Whitfield. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, he had a good year, average 97.6. His best return, isn't it? But His best yep. return. Uh, look, when you break it down, it'll leave you more to ponder than um, you know where to hide out when the drugs are trying to come <laughs> and find you for testing. <laughs> Honestly, he lives in Sydney. I think everyone in Sydney's in the same boat, aren't they? <laughs> if someone was going around to drug testing, yeah, oh, hide at Lambert's house, yeah. and then hey, yeah, Lambert, hey, come up hey, to Lambert. Brisbane, yeah, come up yeah, to yeah. Brisbane, and then lose your job. That'd be great. <laughs> we appreciate it. So, um, look, but considering he had such a good year, in he had six scores of a hundred out of fifteen games. So again, it's not that great, not bad. But where he did go in the in the positive is five of those hundreds were one hundred and ten plus. And he had a big 130 score in there it's as well. It's typical of an outside player to have the real high highs and the low lows. Um, the high high and the low lows. Good advertising there, Chris. <laughs> yeah, good descriptors there, I mean, man. classic Lockie having high highs, right? High highs. <laughs> <laughs> and the low lows waiting for it to get out of his yeah, system. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I like it. Nice. Uh, the night after at Lambo's. But look, I think they really inflated his average, the big 130s and stuff he had, uh, which impacted it. So, And the Cornelio returning, um, it did impact some of his scores, particularly at the back end of the year. So look, just be a bit of caution around that price, particularly in standard. Not bad for draft, but I don't know. Like, he's good, but I think there's so many in that team that who knows if you'll fall away. Yeah, I mean, you've got, you know, I, I think he's probably playing the same position as, as Tom Scully as well, who's similar outside player, hasn't really got through it. Um, you know, can hit some tons, but generally hits uh, either high or low, and there's a big gap in between. I think I'd put them in the same category. All right, so I'll try and get through these ones a little bit quicker, guys. Sorry, I know GWS, it's like Geelong. There's a lot to get through. Yep. Uh, Jeremy Cameron, uh, first time he's averaged over 80 in his career, so he averaged 89.1. He had 600s, including four 110s pluses and two 130 pluses. Failed to score over 77, though, in his last six games, including finals, so he really fell off the wagon. Um, is he yes was for you or in, no? Was that injury related? Do you know? Or? No, he's just horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I rate Cameron. I really think he's got. I mean, his first year was unreal. Oh, it like, was. he came onto the scene like absolutely. But he's four eighty nine k. I mean, you're going to pick him in nah. uh, for draft? Yes, I'll, I'll um, consider getting relevant. him. But no, not, not relevant. relevant. Uh, Patton, the same sort of thing. Yep. I mean, he had he had in a general. real big. He had a big run of scores. He got a one fifty six, a one hundred three, a one seventeen, and a one hundred nine. And there's some big scores. He's a unit, that's why. Yeah, and he scored six 100s in 2017, but he also had seven scores between 40 and 60. Not relevant to me at all. Not relevant at all. He kind of reminds me of uh, like a Hawkins. Yeah, like on his given like day, he boy. might win you a game in drafts. Yeah. But I'd rather have about 50 other players ahead of him. So, mid-price, I know you're big on this boy, Mr. Lobb. I am. He's, again, currently in my team. I think um, he adds value as a forward because, I mean, really all he really needs to add is, uh, to average as a forward is about, what, 90-95 to be considered top 10. I think it's highly possible. He has gone in and out of my side uh, at the moment. I can't make up my mind. I'll wait to see how he comes back. He is uh, having some injury issues with, uh, I think it's his groin or hip or something rather he had an issue with during the season so he did lose some games yep. and I heard it's more precautionary at this stage so obviously keep an Mum- eye on him. Mumford retiring opens up the door and, and he was he was meant to be their number one replacement for Mumford he said he wanted to be number one ruck so now you know it's finally opened up but his hit outs though like at the back end his hit outs went up huge so he had 31 and 39 hit outs in that final series and scored a 108 and a 129 
His highest before that was 14 for the season for hitouts. Well, because he was playing second ruck. Correct. And even that in the past, for other seasons, his highest was only ever 17. So you're looking, he's basically doubled his hitouts. If he's number one ruck, I I can't see anyone around his price point that's as good value. But when you consider that Nick Natnui is for Mm. $50,000, who has averaged 105, and then you're looking at paying 400. For a guy, and same as Cornelio. So but they're not really competing for the same. At three ninety eight, you're looking at. I like price points. Well, you're looking at someone like a Dagoe or a Petraka who's at thirty k more um, to average about the same. And I'm not entirely sold on either of them yet at this point in the preseason. Both of them are saying, "Hey, yeah, we're we're sort of training for the midfield group, but we're just not there yet." Um, which doesn't bode well for me in terms of wanting to pick them. Yep. I also think that... Um, I think Petrarca is very tempting, though. I do I do like Petrarca. Yeah. The one thing that I, I did uh, I do acknowledge is that uh, a lot of Rory Lobb's stats are a little bit lopsided because a lot of the time he, when he was playing second ruck and, and he's got the second highest hit out to advantage rate, which I think is about 32%, um, he's playing in second rucks a lot of that time. Um, but... Uh, to have such a dominant uh, final series with his rucking really proves the opposite, which um, to me means I think I can pick him confidently um, at this stage if he gets on the park. And then there's the Dawson Simpson consideration. Yeah, but I don't think that's that relevant. Dawson I don't Simpson, think either. He's I never really made it ever. He's so. never been yeah, one at all for me. I, I can't imagine that uh, Lob coming off that sort of a final series, GWS say to Simpson, yeah, you're the number one Jew. Not only that, I think he um, provides a lot of flexibility in their lineup as well, and yeah. they're quite uh, mobile. So I think he does a lot for them because it's too many. If you have Cameron and you have Lob and, and you Patton. have Patton in the forward line, I and think they it's were a bit too, too tall last year, too heavy, too tall, not enough forward pressure. Yep, yeah. and that's one of the things that they identified in the offseason. They don't want to go in as tall every every time, so it means that they're probably not going to play two ruckmen. It will probably be Lob and then Patton coming in for um, relief. Um, that's how I feel they're going to structure up. Again, watching the JLT, but I, I highly doubt that Simpson... I think Simpson there is a backup, not as someone who's going to actually play week to week with Lob and take away his ruck time. Yep. Uh, next person, uh, Delidio, 339k as a forward, very cheap. Oh, there's um, value everywhere there. Just but... like his calves. <laughs> just <laughs> cheap. Look, <laughs> if he played all 20, like 22 games, he could be an absolute steal, but oh. I just don't have faith in it. And I really look, don't. You could burn two trades just getting Came back him alone. late last year and didn't set the world alight. No. Um, you know, everyone cheered when he, you know, finally took a mark and kicked a goal, and that's that's fantastic. But I think he's done. I don't think he's going to be a top six or top ten forward. I think that the money can be spent elsewhere, and it's it's probably a waste of Well, pick. I think here, here's the funny fact, right? He played 71% of the finals in defence. And he must have been hiding in that pocket because I don't think I saw him that I much. Or he just blends in and starts I mean, to look like a Kelly, you know. To be alike. honest, a lot of the GWS players do look alike. They've all got the same haircut. They all they <laughs> do. around. So. It's like boys to men, you know, but in the, sub- in the <laughs> yeah, suburbs. Is, yeah, right. <laughs> they all look the same. <laughs> they do. That's not racist. <laughs> no, no. Uh, just, uh, but look, if he gets his body right, I think there is upside in there, particularly for draft. I think you can get him cheap enough. And look, if he misses out, then sure There's he definitely out. draft value. And look, at, at his, I think he'll probably go because of the name. Yep. He will go earlier. And someone I, that was a Richmond fan. Yeah, for sure. 100%. You'll, you, he will go earlier. His um, last two games of the season, the like standard season, was a 96 and a 92. Um 
you know, so I think he, he could definitely get back up there as a good option in the forward line. But, but again, standard, we pretty much standard, you can't I, trust him. I, you can't trust him. And f- if you're going to get someone on the park half the time, you don't know if he'll get sore in the calves and miss one game or get managed for a game it's or not two. Even, it's not even that. I mean, his calves are so unreliable that when he actually does get dropped, they don't even give you an ETA when he's coming back because they don't know. But it could be one week, it could be four weeks, it could be eight weeks. And watch and out when no they travel time. too. Yeah. I mean, the word is they have to put him in the lift and up the escalators <laughs> all the time because they don't want him walking upstairs. Uh, I mean, it's just unreliable. I think uh, he he's one of those guys that also would go through a hell of a lot to get on the park. I'm talking injections, um, a lot of rubs, therapy. <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah, um, he's I doing saw, no. He was doing ballet he yeah. to uh, strengthen his calves. He's doing ballet. Actually, yeah, actually <laughs> doing ballet. Could probably a better dance than he is footballer. <laughs> I'm kidding. He's actually a decent footballer. Um, no, um, like I saw a video um, a year and a half ago about when Brad Johnson was in the last year of his career and the, the, the type of stuff that he would have to go through. He had to go through electric therapy on his uh, Achilles to, to just to get on the park. Was he held like up. captive or something? Yeah, and, and then right. uh, like the night after a game, he would be in agony the entire night, not be able to sleep, and then you have to get up the next morning and do rehab like – that's the sort of stuff that you know, a Delidio would have to do just to get on the field. Well, speaking of old and injured, what about Griffin? 277K as a midfielder. Um, look, he's, he did come out and say he's feeling good, he's feeling fresh. I mean, let's face it, he basically had a whole year off. He has to um, say that because he's going up against the best, the second best midfield in the comp he's yep. trying to get into. He, he won't be in the midfield. He'll be, no playing, he'll be playing outside on the roll. That he's he's, playing he's still wing, cheap, though. He either wing, half-back or half-forward. And then again... He's competing against guys that they want to get in the team, not guys that they want to phase out of their team. He's still cheap. Where do you put him? Like, say, okay, so he's a midfielder, 277. Where do you put him against, to say, Christensen? Ah, uh, no, Christensen above him. Yep. Well, well above him. And they're about the same price point, but I would have to agree with yep. you there. Look, I mean, I just don't I just don't know where he sits for Christensen's me, got a, is basically a lock in the Brisbane forward line. Yep. He's going to play games, he's going to get you value, and he's going to make you cash. Griffin could be in, out, left, front, center. There's no guarantee for him to get games at all. I can't even see. I, I don't know where he fits in the 22. I think in the defense line, by the looks of it, well, I putting I his think, hand up for one year. Well, maybe maybe he comes in and swings into the defense, but I don't think he's going to sit there. Or, or like They've got uh, yeah, guys in the, like Isaac Cumming, for example. Um, he's going to come in and provide a role. I think that he, they're going to want to give more games to the younger players because yep. they've got so much talent underneath that they do need – a position in there that they can rotate some guys through and give them game times. Otherwise, they'll just leave. So coming is 123K, by the way, as well. Uh, showed some glimpses in the NEF, uh, NEFL, but will need to show some consistency. So he's one to watch to fill that void. Um, someone who's not relevant for me is Scully. I mean, he runs yeah. more than anyone in the game. I think he's got records for... I don't even know how many, like 15Ks, yeah, 16Ks. He's, pe- he's, he's like ridiculous huge. in the beat tests and stuff. Yeah. Where does he run, though? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's just running past away, people. Away from Melbourne. Yeah, running, yeah. <laughs> running, I like that. Running away from Melbourne. There you go, Tom Scully, you heard it here first. Supercoach Insider running from Melbourne. They streamlined his hair now, so it's just it's completely well, He's trying to get so, that boy cut, you yeah. know, but he's, he's missing some patches. Um, look, he's not relevant for me. He got 600s in 2017, but he had a top of 117. But he had some low games of 55, 61, 66. So for me, he's a no all around. Definitely a no, thank you. Uh, and the other rookie to keep an eye on is uh, Adam Boner, um, so he looks to be a ready-made player. Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it Boner? <laughs> I don't know if it's it, Boner. Is it Bonner? Bonner? Oh, Boner. You just... Look, how about you comment and let us know? <laughs> we just we just read the names. I'm not sort of I'm not looking at their faces as I'm reading this either. He's <laughs> just thinking about what their faces look like. Yep. So, well, look, if it's Boner, good on him. Uh, looks to be a ready-made player. 
was drafted at number 11, and he's a versatile mid-40s, 157K, so keep an eye on him as mm-hmm. well. Uh, but, yeah, so the injury ward, like I said, you're looking at uh, Toby Green, and I think breakout potential could be another one is Hopper, but he averaged 70 in his first year injuries last year. Uh, I don't see it, but he's they a... Rate he, him. Yeah, they, he, they really do, rate and him. he's a mid-only, and it's now what his third year, so it's possible he could be a ball yeah. magnet. But, again, I don't know where he lines up. But I fear, again, him. a few guys like Hopper, like Taranto, guys that are real top-end talent guys, or they want in their team, that aren't going to get the mid-time they want. Correct. But They're probably going to get traded either end of this year or next year. At least Taranto's got, like, a forward eligibility. But That's true. But midfield only, Hopper, not really for me. But then, again, I mean, look at what Clayton Oliver did. Um, but there's room in Melbourne for that midfield. So, sure. I think the only other one that could potentially break out, and this is a real left field uh, option, just based on the fact that they had uh, Williams go down, is Nick Haynes. Um, so last year averaged 75. He's got um, disposal by foot is 79.7%, which is really good for a defender. So I think that he could actually uh, you know, fill that void a little bit, um, and maybe they use him as a little bit of a breakout. Um, I wouldn't be too confident on it, but it's just someone to watch just in case that uh, he is one that takes up that role that is otherwise void by Wilson and Williams. Very good uh, insight there, Chris. You're welcome. All right, well, that is GWS. We'll quickly uh, – I know it's been gone for quite a while, guys, but what do you see these draft picks going? I think, obviously – Kelly uh, will be first top five. I, I would be surprised if he laughs outside top I would, five. I would be surprised too. Um I think he's probably the most important. I think Green will go early as far as being the uh, one of the best forward, forward mixes. Yep. Probably maybe even fourth. Oh, I reckon yep. third or fourth round. Yep. Um, so that what's that, like 20 to 30, late 30s? Um, yeah, late 30s, early 40s. Yep. And then yep. Callum Ward will probably be around that mark as well when people start to – Oh, you should be able to get him around fourth, fifth, or yep. sixth round. Um, one thing, one what to, to keep an eye on, sorry, is Coniglio because I think he probably can average that 105 to 110. Um, so – People will pick him based on the fact that he's average 91. Maybe aim for him to pick him up around the 95 value mark. Yeah, I was going to say anywhere between 95 to 98 range will be good value. And I think others will be looking around the same as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much a must. I think nearly a good value there. Yeah. Shield's the only other one that I'd say is a, a really good draft selection and should go inside. Again, probably around that ward selection. So, um, yeah, know, probably around that mark. Yeah, someone's third midfielder, essentially. Um, and then everyone else is really speculative in, in terms of where they are, and they're just bench options, really. All right, well, thank you for staying with us, guys. I uh, really appreciate it. So from wherever you are in the world, um, give us a shout-out. Do appreciate it. Hope it's been Especially good listening. Especially those four guys in Spain. Thanks very much. Yeah, that's crazy. So, <laughs> look, keep up with good work. Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Keep listening to these podcasts. And uh, until next time, we'll see you soon. Cheers, guys. This is for once you stood there ground.